0: Hello and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in depth. For this episode, we're going back to the most recent Sufjan Stevens album that was released several months ago, but it ended up at the top of So Many Critics' Best of 2015 lists that we thought it would be worth taking a closer look at. It's called Carrie and Lowell, named after Sufjan's mother and the man she was married to when he was a kid, and it starts like this.
1: Spirit of my silence I can hear you But I'm afraid to be near you And I don't know Where to begin And I don't know Where to begin Somewhere in the desert There's a forest And an acre before us But I don't know Where to begin But I don't know Where to begin Again I lost my strength Completely Oh be near me Tired old mare
0: couldn't tell by that opening. This is a very beautiful but sad album about the death of the artist's mother and his complicated relationship with her. And we were actually going to record this show two weeks ago, but our 13-year-old dog, Chase, was dying of kidney failure, and I found it just too hard to listen to. So, if you have a terminally ill loved one, you might want to skip this episode, or not. I mean, I feel like he comes to a lot of resolution here, and that is what makes it so powerful.
2: Yeah, I think even if things are going pretty great for you, this album is a challenging listen. I like how it starts off feeling almost just like a single singer-songwriter with his guitar. And then I put it on good headphones and realized there are really these two interlocking guitar lines, kind of one in either ear. And it gets this density, I think, that rewards repeat listens. And there's this rich texture, which almost makes it easy to overlook that there's basically no percussion here. I Mm -hmm. think there's, you know, maybe you might count this echoey pianos, which come in a little later in the song. And I think that spare instrumentation is good. It doesn't distract from the lyrics. And there are a lot of them. There's basically no chorus and just the occasional repeated line here.
0: The name of the song is Death With Dignity, which is the name of Oregon's assisted suicide law. And people may remember that Sufyan once claimed that he was going to make an album for each of the 50 states. And this could have been the Oregon record. Most of the scenes and memories are of a handful of summers he spent living with Carrie, his mom, while she was married to Lowell, and they lived in Oregon after she'd abandoned the kids and they went to live with their father and stepmother in Illinois. This is such a perfect song to open with, because it's got that warm piano, like you mentioned, and his voice is so gentle, and it immediately makes clear that this is not going to be another maximalist album like Michigan or Illinois. He opens by saying he doesn't know where to begin, and sets up what the major theme of the record is with the lines, I forgive you, mother, I can hear you, and I long to be near you, but every road leads to an end. I saw the songs falling into two buckets, the ones directly about his mother and then the ones that are about how her influences played out in his life. And an example of the latter is the next song, Should Have Known Better. No, go
1: get out The demon had a
2: first track this song is almost rollicking by comparison there's this more percussive guitar style at the start and then somehow executes this pivot into a major key where we get that introduction of this electronic texture at about the halfway point i think we picked a longer than usual clip here because there's just so much going on there's these dark memories and a grief which then give way to a search for hope and meaning in the future and as he puts it the past is a bridge to nowhere
0: I mentioned earlier that I think this song is setting up the second theme on the record, which is the impact that his mother had on him and how it played out in his life. To understand this record, I think you need to know the background, which, if you're interested, he goes into extensive detail in an interview with Pitchfork that you can Google. But his mother was schizophrenic and had some other issues, so she left him and his siblings when Sufyan was only a year old because she just couldn't take care of them. So his dad moved the kids to Illinois and remarried and raised them there. The kids saw her sporadically throughout her life, but because she was so unstable, there were long periods when she was just unreachable because she was homeless or off the grid and they just didn't know where she was. Then she got cancer and died pretty quickly a couple of years ago, and he got to see her before she died. But this obviously brought up a lot of issues for him, and he had a particularly hard time dealing with her death because he had so many unresolved issues about the mother he never got to have. And Lowell, the stepfather in the title, was only married to Carrie for about five years, but he had a very strong relationship with Sufjan and continues to do so with all the kids, and he runs Sufjan's Asthmatic Kitty record label. I read an interview that he also was the one who taught him to play guitar when he was a kid. And meanwhile, he's kind of estranged from his father, so I think it helps to know all that to really understand this record.
2: Uh, I don't know that I'm going to disagree exactly, but I feel like the mother and her death do dominate the album. And Lowell, even though he's in the title, is really more of a suggestion around the edges. And I guess it's understandable given, you know, the different roles they have in, our, in his life. But I also think that you can get a lot out of the album without doing a lot of advanced reading or even one interview reading.
0: I just wrote the interview.
2: Yeah, it's advanced reading. That's homework. <laughs> uh, but this track in particular is just so epic. Um, he has this repeated invocation of My Black Shroud and just Death is Ever present. And then in five minutes, though, he's really manages this entire sort of existential journey where he focuses on the past, then attempts to move past it. He's almost de- derailed by nihilism. There's this line, there's nothing left, no reason to live. And then he finally accepts that the world is what it is, with good and bad, and maybe he can find hope in the little joys, like the birth of his niece. And then nothing is so simple. I, you know, he continues his struggle, and he, he's really has conflicted feelings about his mother and I think he'll talk about that in the next track we play Drawn to the Blood
1: I am drawn to the blood the flight of a one-winged dove how how did this happen how how did this happen the strength of his arm my lover caught me off guard. Out, head of a rabbit. Out, head of a rabbit. For my prayer has always been love.
0: What did I do to deserve this? So this song and the one before that we didn't play, All of Me Wants All of You, describe these disconnected and potentially abusive relationships where he's asking himself why he keeps being drawn to the blood. In other words, drawn to these dark places and bad relationships and self-destructive tendencies. And coming across as genuinely perplexed with the refrain, how did this happen? My prayer has always been love. It's like he's trying to be a good person and do the right thing and has good intentions but keeps ending up in the wrong places. And that... confuses him and as i mentioned i think he's bringing together these two themes of the album as a resolution of not understanding some of the aspects of his personality and his behavior and then realizing in retrospect that it all came back to his chaotic upbringing and the things he felt were missing from his childhood and this album is his working through the process of resolving that does that make sense
2: yeah i I think it does and i will say the album was very listenable for me i couldn't quite get my head around some of the tracks And this one certainly makes more sense to me now that I've heard your take on it. I think I kind of went into the track assuming that just unless it was clear, it was about his mom. And that may have led me astray here.
0: Yeah, I think in that clip we played, the line is, The strength of his arm, my lover caught me off guard. Like, we don't like to read too much into the intent of lyrics, but I think that's clearly about getting punched, right?
2: Well... Yeah, it's a reasonable interpretation. It's sort of the literal it- interpretation, and so much of the album yeah. is really allegorical and layered, though that that's not the first thing you jump to and when it's literal it's just kind of hiding in plain sight almost like I just assume it's a metaphor for something else even when maybe it isn't
0: yeah I mean I'm not saying you're wrong I'm just saying my reading of it fits into my overall interpretation of what this album is about and maybe that's entirely wrong well
2: yeah there's this density of the lyrics and I think there's another song where you know I mentioned hey where's the chorus and what chorus there is is just overshadowed by verse after verse after verse Mm -hmm. and there are these repeated lines in each verse which serve as mantras and there's no obvious signpost saying hey this is what you're supposed to pay attention to It's all important, and that means there's just a lot to digest. Uh, it's, It's in a good way, but it's not easy.
0: That's true, but this is followed by one of the melodically lighter songs on the record, which seems to be the only one that's explicitly about the other title character, Lowell, and it's called Eugene.
1: Light struck from the lemon tree What if I'd never seen hysterical light from Eugene lemon yoghurt remember I pulled at your shirt I dropped the ashtray on the floor I just wanted to be near you emerald bark wonders never cease the man who taught me to swim he couldn't quite say my first name like a fire. I want to be near you, since I was old enough to speak, I've said it with alarm, some part of me was lost in your sleeve, where you hid your cigarettes, no I'll never forget, I just want to be near you.
0: This song made me feel like it was the flip side of the song Decatur or a Round of Applause for Your Stepmother from the Illinois album, where both songs are looking back on a memory of a stepparent whose baby remembered more fondly in retrospect.
2: Yeah, there, there's such a lightness here. And these really, I think, the funniest lyrics on the album. Of, he couldn't say my first name and he called me Subaru. And that's funny. But then in between those lines is this multi-layered, like a father. He led community water on my head. And I felt that you could take that the literal sense of, well, yeah, he stepped up to do fatherly things like teaching him to swim. But knowing his fondness for religious references, I also heard this as kind of a baptism into the community of Eugene. And after these are bright, sunny memories, and then the song just ends on a total bummer. After his mother's death, he just feels like the best is behind him. He's drinking to dull the pain and wonders in the last lines of the song, what's the point of singing songs if they'll never even hear you?
0: So I think Eugene is the first of these three songs in the middle of the album that really create the heart of the narrative, with the next one, Fourth of July, in the center. This is a song where I assume it's based on the reality of him coming in to see his mother while she was in the hospital and dying, and it takes the form of a conversation between them. You can tell when he's doing her voice because it's a little bit more of a falsetto, but I think this is supposed to be less of an actual recounting of a conversation and more an imagined dialogue that helps him come to resolution about her death
1: sitting at the bed with a halo at your head was it all a disguise like junior high where everything was fiction future and prediction now where am i my fading supply did you get enough love my little Sorry I la My star in the sky such a funny thought to wrap you up in cloth do you find it all right my dragonfly Shall we look at the moon My little loon why do you cry Make the most of your life while it is right Will you do enough talk, my little hawk Why do you cry? Tell me what did you learn from the Tillamook burn Or the 4th of July We're all gonna die
2: This song, which comes right at the dead center of the album, has a really uh, distinctive instrumentation. There are these layers of atmospheric synths along with a piano, and that's either electronic or it's processed so heavily that it sounds fake. And I don't know if this was intentional, but that instrumentation, especially at the beginning of this song, is strongly reminiscent of the work of film composer Thomas Newman. And I think he's best known for a couple of works that are focused on death, the soundtrack to American Beauty and this felt really referential to that, as well as the main theme to the show Six Feet Under, which was, again, oh. all about death. Huh. And intentional or not, it is the perfect score for what this deathbed conversation. And it just keeps boiling down to, we're all going to die.
0: That instrumentation is what makes it so affecting, I think. And there's that low drone that goes throughout. I had thought it was a cello, but you thought it was maybe synth.
2: It all felt me. Yeah.
0: But it kind of makes this song stand out from everything else on the record, like a highlighter marker, which I think is his intention. In this conversation, by the way, it's worth knowing that the Tillamook burn was a series of huge forest fires starting in the 1930s that's an important part of Oregon's history. And here it's like his mother's death is sending him the message that we're all like a forest fire or fireworks on the 4th of July, these bright hot lights that burn for a while and then inevitably burn themselves out. And that refrain, we're all going to die, just keeps getting repeated until the end of the song.
2: Yeah, I did have a slightly different take on that Till McBurn reference. You know, it was devastated by fire multiple times, but eventually the forest did return. And similarly, her death is going to be devastating to him, but he can recover from that. And in that conversation, I do love this intimacy where he refers to his mother as a firefly or a dragonfly, and she refers to him as these various different birds, And it's really understated and sweet. And I I like that they think of each other as being able to fly.
0: That's really sweet. I didn't pick up on that. But what I liked most about this song was the line where he seems to be starting to get some sort of resolution. And he hears her saying, I'm sorry I left, but it was for the best, though it never felt right. And whether she actually said that or it's just what he wanted to hear, it's sort of a recognition that even though it was so devastating for him and his siblings to lose their mother, she was mentally ill and completely inequipped to care for them. And there's a mention earlier on in the record where he talks about he was like three years old and she left them in a video store. And so you, you get the impression that she was already like recognizing that she couldn't take care of these like four kids, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's part of this over his overall recognition that all of our parents fail us in important ways, but it's because they're human and they have these limitations. And she really was doing the best that she could within those significant limitations. So I said these three songs make up the thematic centerpiece of the album, and now we go to the third of those, what happens after she dies, called The Only Thing.
1: The only thing that keeps me from cutting my arm. cross edge, warm back. Returns to you somehow Should I tear my heart out now Everything I feel Returns to you somehow Mm -hmm. I want to save you from your sorrow
2: another song like should have known better which starts sounding really dark and then pivots to a much brighter tone but the emotional pivot is much less dramatic it's from suicidal despair to just regular despair and there's this sort of definite evolution where he's recognizing the importance of faith and he's inspired by these natural wonders like the sea lion caves in Oregon coast and it's going to get through these tough times but he's not going to stop feeling terrible
0: A lot of Sufjan's music refers back to Christianity and God is maybe the most consistent figure in all of his lyrics. And I like how here he appeals to God on a larger scale, but looks for him in the smaller details like the moonlight and the sea lions and the caves. And you get the impression that he's sort of looking for evidence of God in his creations because he's having trouble hanging on to his faith. And the instrumentation here and throughout is just so simple and beautiful. It does a really good job of conveying that emotion.
2: Yeah, it is simple, but I don't want to overlook that the guitar work is really impressive here. There are these textures within textures, and then little variations in those and make it all just really deep and warm. And also, like with many of the songs in the album, there's this fairly liberal use of an echo effect, and he never overdoes it, though. It's there very prominently, and yet the songs just feel warm and spacious without ending up amorphous. There's still an edge to the sound, and it's good considering the rather sharp subject matter and, you know, he's talking about contemplating killing himself, and then on the next song he says, well, maybe that's unnecessary he's gonna die regardless, and in a sense he's already dead It's called John My Beloved I'm
1: holding my breath My tongue on your chest What can be said of my heart If history speaks The kiss home Where there remains but a So can we contend peacefully before my history ends Jesus I need you be near me come shield me from fossil sand
0: the end of the song that we just played and we were both talking about how much we appreciated the way he ends it with just that one audible breath
2: well yeah after this entire song where he's obsessing over death and talking about fossils and he's insisting that he's already dead and yet the last thing we hear is just the simplest possible proof of life it's sort of this understated bit of defiance and you know the song touches on relationships and yet to me this fundamental fight to carry on in the face of adversity is really what i take away and everything else fades into the background Now, I've mentioned how this album doesn't have a lot of repetition, and there's choruses that are either truncated or missing entirely. In that context, I love how this song is structured, because it feels traditional, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus. But then you look at those choruses, and they really only have one line in common. There's only a shadow of me in a matter of speaking, I'm dead. And the other lines share a word or two in common, maybe, but then more often they just rhyme across the corresponding feet in those choruses. And so he gets to have it both ways. You know, musically, they sound identical. You hear these same sounds, the same, the same rhymes, and yet lyrically, he's covering new ground each time. And, and maybe it sounds a little tortured the way I've described it, but he makes it work really naturally.
0: And speaking of the lyrics this is one of the songs along with the title track which we didn't play that comes before it where the metaphor is really kind of too dense for the listener to parse at least it was for me but I think he actually does a decent job of conveying a feeling of a relationship that's falling apart because he feels so frozen and kind of hollow inside like a fossil but you could also kind of read this as being more about his crisis of faith and his relationship with God and how he feels that's Kind of Failing Him, which is addressed more directly in the penultimate track, which we'll play next, No Shade in the Shadow of the Cross.
1: I slept on my back in the shade of the meadow Like a champion get drunk to get laid I take one more hit
2: about Sufjan Stevens after his mother's death he seemed to be finding hope in faith seeing the beauty in the world yet here right before the end he pulls the carpet out from under our optimism in case we were feeling too positive he's now describing this grief bender and it's just the least rock and roll depiction of a sex and drugs lifestyle that I can remember hearing (laughs) but there's this great metaphor of the shadow of the cross and it's like he's imagining that somehow he's where the divine can't reach him God can't see him and there's no comfort there and there's no hope And that kind of sums up the album for me. I mean, it's beautiful. It's not at all rock and roll. Uh, Maybe there's a tambourine on one of the tracks, but otherwise basically no percussion. And it's dark and not very hopeful. And yet I found it incredibly listenable, even if I did find myself in tears more than once.
0: Yeah, it's dark, but I think that with the last track, there really is a lot of closure. It's called Blue Bucket of Gold, which is a reference to the Lost Blue Bucket Gold Mine in Oregon, which is a legendary story about a wagon train that got off track in the 1840s, just before the California gold rush. And some people went down to the creek and came back with what turned out to be gold nuggets that they'd collected. And they said there was enough down there to fill up, quote, one of these blue buckets, hence the name. It ended up causing a gold rush in that part of Oregon, but nobody ever found the actual source of the gold, and people hunted for the mine forever and couldn't find it. So this last song I take as a metaphor of his realizing that this bucket of gold that he's been looking for, maybe it's the mother and childhood he wished he had had, or the redemption he's been looking for in these failed relationships, it's something that can never be found, but he's learned to move on with his life without it. So we'll go out with that. We've been discussing the Sufjan Stevens album, Carrie and Lowell, and this has been For the Record. Thanks for listening.
1: My blue bucket of gold Friend, why don't you love me